Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore, it's another episode. And today's episode, I sit down with Andrew Marlin of Watch House and, well, it's a lovely conversation. Um, we do this one over Zoom. Um, even though we're at the tail end of um, lockdown when this was recorded. Um, we've done it over Zoom because, well, he's in America and I'm in the UK. And so if I want to speak to these amazing artists, then as much as I love you lot and I want to give you the best listening experience I can, I can't afford to keep flying to the States just to have a 40-minute pod chat. Um, I don't think the family would be on board with that. So we do it over Zoom. And thanks to um, my producer, 76, you're going to get a lovely, warm podcast experience. A few other thank yous. I'd like to thank Scroobius Pip and uh, all my bros and sisters at the Distraction Pieces Network, which is a wonderful hub of, of amazing podcasts. And I feel very proud to be part of that. Um, and thank you to you listeners, um, because you're the ones that... Um, make this you know make i don't know this is what i make this for you know i i adore talking records with with people and the fact that you lot have listened and and helped me sort of develop it and grow it to the fact that i'm talking to you know so many of the people i grew up listening to records from that you know i've been you know that big inspirations and heroes of mine and all of these things have happened because the podcast has grown and the reason that's grown is because of the support so um just a big thank you to you lot um for continuing to just support it say nice things and and listen um because yeah it if you get a fraction of the joy listening as i do having these chats then um we're all in a good place um, if this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track, then um, when you get to the end of today's uh, chat with Andrew, then um, go and explore the archives because there's over 300 uh, episodes available now and it's a very, very diverse um, array of people that I've had guests uh, over the last couple of years um rock bands like um tommy lee from motley crew and foo fighters um and papa roach through to hip-hop artists like yellow wolf um chuck d of public enemy um through to producers like butch vig fatboy slim 
through to uh, some incredible actors, um, Joe Hartley, Maxine Peake, Thomas Turgus, Michael Smiley. Um, there's lots more. And, uh, yeah, I'd be here all day if I had to rattle them all off. So um, so go and go and explore it. And, uh, and I guarantee you'll see an episode in there by one of your favourite artists. And, yeah, so go and do that. And if you'd really like to support the podcast, um, you can support it and get even more content uh, on my Patreon, uh, which is um, com forward slash off the beat and track and then over there i think it's 79p or a dollar uh, a month and uh, and for that you get weekly video episodes there's a an archive in there of maybe a hundred radio shows where i play records and talk about them uh there's lots and lots of upfront releases if you get you know so you get to hear the you know the episode sometimes like two three months before it gets a general release um so yeah and it's a nice little place to be and it yeah a dollar a month like what can you get for a dollar a month these days let me tell you access to another whole vault of uh off the beaten track goodness so uh so yeah go and um go and sign up and be uh yeah and be one of the patreons oh that last bit made it sound like you was about to join a cult it's not a cult i should clarify that it's a nice place um <laughs> all right anyway i digress please enjoy today's episode of off the beaten track podcast with andrew marlin of watch house Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off the Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So, One of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us to win bottles of stuff there's loads of exciting things coming soon and i can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the cacao bar from hotel chocolat all right let's get back to the podcast it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me stew with it okay we're recording andrew how are you I'm doing great. How are you this morning? Not too bad. Not too bad. I mean, this yeah. is a, an audio, so people haven't uh, can't see what I can see. You are literally in a wardrobe. I am. <laughs> it's the only uh, quiet place I can go sometimes. So uh, I'll uh, take it where I can. Yeah. Um, aside from the wardrobe, um, whereabouts are you uh, uh, generally? Uh, at home in uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So right in the middle of the state. So what's the, 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 the situation um, like? I should say we're recording this on the, the, the 15th of July. This is in the week that the UK have announced that um, as of next week, um, all restrictions are dropped. So uh, just wondering Crazy. what, what the, absolutely, like what, what the situation's like where you are, mate. Um, it's a little bit of that and also still um, 
you know, a lot of, a lot of distancing going on and, uh, people still trying to kind of work their way back out in the world. It's a little, it's odd, you know? Um, so, um, you know, I mean, you go some places in the, in the States and no one's wearing masks and everybody's just going about their daily life like they did pre pandemic. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, It feels good to be getting back to normal a little bit, but also, uh, yeah, trying to not be uh, completely fearful for your life and for your family's safety when you go out to just buy some milk. You know? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and just to, you know, the, the last kind of uh, thing really on, on, on the situation that we've all been sort of thrust into, um, them, them last sort of 14, 15 months, how have you found that personally as well as creatively? Um. Personally, it's been kind of kind of a wild time, you know. I mean, I, I've always had travel to distract me from myself, uh, so I've, I feel like I've gotten to know myself pretty well the past fifteen months or sixteen months, however long it's been. Um, and I think through that creatively, actually, I've had little spurts of creativity, but for the most part, I've been uh, spending more time just staring out windows, you know, and doing that whole thing. Um, but I think, you know, I think one thing I keep trying to do is remind myself that uh, that this it wasn't this whole pandemic wasn't about me. You know, it's uh, we've lost a lot of people in the world, and I think as exciting as it is to get to hop on stage again these past few months and to get to travel, um, it's it's really it's really grounding and humbling to remember how many people have suffered through this thing, you know, and how many people have lost loved ones. Um, Absolutely. um, And I'm one of the fortunate ones that didn't, didn't lose too many people to COVID, you know, and also um, got to hang out with my wife and daughter the whole time, you know, so um, all in all, can't complain, you know? Okay. Yeah. Well, well let, let's let's talk about something that always, uh, I'm sure, um, puts a smile on, on your face, and that's records. Um, yeah. And I'm going to ask you, um, please, Andy, for track one, to tell me the song that you think has the greatest ever intro. Um, I would say uh, one by Metallica has the greatest intro, um, and one of the most deceiving ones because it – it starts out so beautiful and uh, Kirk Hammett's playing is just so melodic and uh, toneful. And then, um, you know, they kind of lay the bed for this um, wonderful story throughout the whole song. And it just gets progressively more and more heavy um, until you're just banging your head away. You know, um, I love that transition, you know, and the, and the way they, they just take you through all of these different, um, different feelings and different moods. Um, and I, I, some of those earlier Metallica records just do that so wonderfully. So, so I mean, a lot of people, you know, when when they talk about Metallica, you know, they, they reference that track, and rightly so. It's uh, you know, it's an absolute monster of a record. Um, and I, I think now, if, we, if you know, Metallica being one of the the, the biggest bands on the planet, uh, I find it really interesting. Th- in regards to intros and song length, I think what's one, maybe seven, eight minutes, something like that, isn't it? So it's a, it's, yeah, a, it is. it's a long old tune. And I just wonder now, like with, you know, major labels, would they, 
sort of step on that a little bit now and go, right, hang on, no, look, we need a three-minute radio edit of this. And, and I, I just wonder the way that the industry appears to be and, and the way that um, attention spans of lots of, well, I'm, I'm talking about my daughters that whose thumbs move very fast nowadays. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I just wonder if any of these sort of things that are changing in the, in the way that people listen to music have any effect on, on you when you sit down to write a song. Um, I try to stay out of that whole mentality. You know, I, I, when I sit down to write, I try to figure out how I feel and that how everybody else feels, you know, yeah. and then hopefully that translates and somebody else can latch on to those feelings and make them relevant for themselves. Um, but, um, but it does seem like, you know, everything's getting a little more streamlined and, uh, you just want to get ideas across as soon as possible and like kind of almost hit people over the head with a melodic idea, you know? Um, but you know, there's a lot of bands out there that are doing wonderfully, subtle stuff um and making making beautiful records that i think once um you know uh society realizes that their attention span is dwindling and we kind of somehow another probably create an app to uh which is already created to improve our uh (laughs) attention spans um i think there's a lot of wonderful music being made right now for people that can actually pay attention so that's one of the great things I think about podcasts. I think the podcasts aren't getting shorter. If anything, you know, some podcasts go on for like you know, two, three hours. And I do think that's an opportunity where you're not skipping to the next track. You know, you're not, your attention span isn't really, you know, there's nothing else to go to. If you, you know, if you've got an engaging conversation, then, you know, like a, you know, like a what's going on or something like that, you've got that kind of, that body of work, that piece of art to get lost in, and you're not trying to get that quick fix. Do you know what I mean? And I hope that major labels and pop records do slow down a little bit because I'd hate to think that commercial pop records were going to end up being like, you know, 50 seconds long, you know, released only on TikTok and things like that. that. That terrifies me that, that I think, you know, I worry enough about the fact that, you know, in regards to lots of big commercial artists, their their records are not necessarily album sales. People are just cherry picking tracks, and that that worries me. That you know, records or albums aren't being listened to as a body of work. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one thing with podcasts too is that a lot of times they're live, and so you get um, this sense of immediacy and a like just in the moment feel that. Um, you know, I think like 30, 40 years ago, you would have, you get a lot of that from pop music because the, just the way in which people recorded, they didn't have the options to nitpick and yeah. to make things perfect. There was, you're actually hearing a performance, um, you know, where some of those solos were just done live, you know, just off the cuff, yeah. um, which to me, like, just conjures up all sorts of natural scenes. You know what I mean? Like, um, nature is inherently not perfect and it's a little asymmetrical and it's, um, but it's really beautiful in that asymmetry and that non-perfectness, you know? And so, um, that's one of the things that I hope music doesn't lose is, you know, it's just this sense of wildness, um, and just, you know, imperfectness. Yeah. So, I'm going to take you back for track two 
and I'm going to ask you to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Oh, yeah. Um, that, uh, that was fun, like, reading these questions beforehand, just, like, thinking about these things. Um, but I remember when, I guess I had, I was probably, like, 16, my, a good friend of mine had just got subwoofers in his car. And... Uh, <laughs> And so he was like, come on, man, I got to, I got to show you this record, you know? So here I am thinking he's going to put on some hip hop track, you know? And, uh, and we were just going to just dance away like crazy, which would have been fun. And we did afterwards probably, but, um, but we sat in the car and he put on the magical mystery tour by the Beatles. And if you've never listened to the magical mystery tour with, uh, like really good speakers, you know, with a lot of low end and, uh, the whole record is super powerful and there's so many textures and there's so many um, just wonderful elements to every song, but strawberry fields, when that came on, it was like, dude, this is how I, I want this. You know what I mean? Like I, I need this in my life all the time. Um, yeah. And I think that was really when just the whole idea of making a record and making a recording just made its way into my heart and it's yeah. like this is this is what i want to do i want to i want to figure out how to like put these tones together i want to figure out how to put these just all of these different elements um you know together and make one beautiful stereo track like that's that's my dream you know and i have not come close to uh, achieving strawberry fields but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people out there striving for that brother <laughs> yeah exactly but but that yeah i mean but that that one song it's like you could listen to it a thousand times and i have and still hear new things about it and i love that i love and it's so subtle you know i mean like the the raw elements of that tune are super simple and very catchy but then it's the underbelly that yeah. like keeps you coming back and trying to figure it out so so even at quite a sort of you know formative age when you was listening to music would you start to sort of try and deconstruct it and work out the different elements and how it was you know layered and put together i would yeah i just put on headphones and i feel like uh i've the way i think about the stereo field now is i'll close my eyes and i'll just try to look at the thing that i'm listening to in the stereo field yeah. so you can actually like it gets to a point where you can kind of just point to little things you know and and it's fun to put on headphones and literally explore this whole uh just world between your left and right ears <laughs> uh there's just there's so much happening there and, and if you get to the point where you can close your eyes and start pointing at things it almost is like going on a little journey yeah. you know for about three minutes or however long the track is so Okay, well, I'm going to keep you in the formative years. And right. <laughs> for, for track three, uh, I'm going to ask you for the song that reminds you of your time at school. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Please. Um, yeah, that one, I went with uh, Looks Just Like the Sun by Broken Social Scene. Um, I, I got turned on to that record actually right after I graduated high school, but it was still, you know, very much in that high school mentality where I was hanging out with all my school buddies and we were just, you know, going camping on the lake or, or just always hanging together and basically never sleeping and partying way too hard. Uh, but it was so much fun. You know, there was no, not a whole lot of, uh, responsibility there, especially for that first summer after we graduated. And I remember hearing that record that summer and just, being completely awed by it. It was, you know, what a, what a magical record that is. And Incredible I think, record. yeah, I think, um, well, it's like a, it's like a conglomerate, right? It's like, it's a lot of artists coming together together to make this record. Um, I feel like you can hear that there's so much creative energy on that and so much excitement and it feels, it feels like a hang, you know, it's like when you put that record on, it feels like you're at a party. It's like a little sonic party, but, uh, but looks like the sun uh, looks just like the sun that that song in particular, it's just so, it's so chill, you know, and it's, it's very acoustic, which, uh, which I um, really gravitate towards in general, just those tones. Um, but there, there's a lot achieved there with very few lyrics and very few moves. It's a pretty, pretty basic track in terms of, um the structure of it and i just yeah i just love the way that sounds and i bet i listened to that song five thousand times that summer so yeah yeah. how was um how was school as an experience uh school was something that i just had to get through you know um i always like um for some reason you know class was never very difficult for me i could kind of like get by without studying much um but I would just sit there and like write songs during class, you know, little pieces of notebook paper or like write down ideas that, of things that I would have. And I basically like my days were like just full of little things that I had to do in order to get to the point where I could finally get home and pick up a guitar. Um, and I wasn't that present for a lot of those things, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm sure looking back on it now, I wish I'd have paid a little more attention. <laughs> but, 
but that's the way it goes, right? Um, was, was music something, you know, at a young age you knew that w- w- was going to be something that you wanted to do? Yeah, that was, it's just, that's all I did. Um, as soon as I picked up the guitar in the ninth grade, I just never put it down and was always writing and listening and, you know, trying to find other people to play with. Growing up where you, you know, you, you grew up and you, you know, in those early bands and, 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 and things like that and, and experimenting with music, did it feel that a career in music was, was something that was possible from where you was from? You know, was there, was there bands that had come from where you were that, had, had, you know, that, that were inspirational uh, for you? Yeah, there were a lot of really great cover bands where I grew up. And so like a lot of good bar bands and, uh, you know, there'd be a lot of people playing in church and, you know, playing a lot of spiritual music. But, uh, but I think like, I didn't know too many people playing original music in my hometown. And so, um, but luckily I had uh, this wonderful friend Hillman, who was a, a, like incredibly creative person. Um, it was super encouraging, you know, and, um, his dad as well would always really encourage us to just write our own stuff. He's like, y'all, you can do it, man. It's good. You know, people, people need this. People, not everybody needs cover bands, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and so he really pushed us to, to write our own stuff and, and explore what we wanted to get out of the music. Um, but it wasn't until I moved to Chapel Hill, uh, when I was about 20, that I really started meeting people writing their own songs and, and doing this for a living. And it was, it shined a whole new light on, on what a career could be and um, the difference in making it big and actually having like a decent middle-class working music job, you know, yeah. uh, getting to play music and getting to travel. So, Growing up, was there their records on indoors, at, you know, at home? Sorry, uh, what was that last question? Was there records on, you know, when you was when you were small like at home? Was there was you, was it a musical family? Uh, very musical family. We uh, didn't listen to many records, but my mom played piano. Uh, her mom played piano, and my sister also was a piano player. So I grew up around just a a lot of people just playing music, you know. Yeah. Um, and I always wanted that. I just loved how I could sit there and watch my mom sit down at the piano and basically emerged like three hours later, just having played all of these different songs. And uh, she was really good at, at being able to string together all of these pieces. Um, so she'd be in the middle of playing one and be about to finish it. And she would just think of another one and just go right into it. You know, and I love that. I love the freedom that she had on the, uh, on the keys. And, and it just seemed like she was just swimming in her mind. Yeah. Um and I always wanted that. And so I, I never took to the piano. I like, I can play some piano just because I grew up with it. I get it. But, it, um, but it's not something that when I sit down to play that I really want to dive into, but yeah. when I, you know, so, um, the guitar was like kind of the stepping stone on that path. But then when I came to the mandolin, it was like, I think, something about the timbre of that, that instrument, uh, with the double strings, I think kind of reminds me a little bit of the piano. Um, and then also just how the, the tuning of it is. So it basically is the same as a fiddle. Yeah. You can play all of these fiddle tunes and, uh, just really navigate melodies, um, pretty simply on the mandolin. And that one, it just became this, this little puzzle to crack that I just like, every time I pick it up, I'd, I find new things and uh, 
because it's such a small fretboard, you can you can get across some pretty intricate ideas by spanning a few octaves. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty pretty easily. I mean, you can get some good stretches going on there, but uh, but yeah, it's just a, a wonderfully creative instrument that I oh. that I found like a it, an endless supply of creativity there. So it, it's it's one of my favorite instruments, and I, I think when I was maybe sixteen. Um, I heard Green by REM, and mm-hmm. I'd never really heard a mandolin used in kind of popular guitar music. I guess maybe, maybe I have, and, and really sort of picked up on it massively. But hearing some of the slower tracks on Green, and just thinking, oh, "Holy shit, this sounds beautiful!" And then obviously fast forward a year or so to out of time, and then I think you know the mandolin and REM then become, you know, something that you, you, you push together straight away. The opening calls to losing my religion to the end of that track. And there's so many beautiful records on that, that song. And I think whether, I think I heard that Peter Buck said that he, you know, he just got bored of the guitar for a bit and just picked <laughs> up a mandolin and, uh, yeah. and just wrote two incredible records with it. And, uh, yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful instrument. Yeah, very versatile, and it, uh, I think, too, where it, because of the tuning of it and where it sits, you know, in that octave, it has a a really nice cut to it that, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something there's something about where it sits in a mix, whether it's a, you know, a rock and roll band or a, a string band. Yeah. I think it adds a lot of a lot of power and a lot of weight to the whatever band it's in. So. Absolutely. Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor, Egg Fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this. They have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D. Save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Small fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at Egg Fried. Com. Um, last track in the formative years, Andrew. I'm going to ask you to tell me the first song you remember buying from a record store, please. Yeah, it was uh, Led Zeppelin too. Um, I remember uh, when I first heard "Ramble On." It was, I was like, this, you know, it was another Strawberry Fields moment. You know, uh, I think um, it actually that might have been before Strawberry Fields. I think I was probably like. 14 or 15 when I went to go buy Led Zeppelin too. Um, but, uh, my, my friend's dad is a good guitar player. Um, and so he, he showed me how to play Ramble on one day and I was like, I've never heard this song. And he was like, what? You've never heard Ramble on by Led Zeppelin. You gotta go check this out. Um, he's like, it's, it's one of the coolest acoustic guitar pieces, you know, just, uh, cause you can just move this E chord around. Um, and so, yeah, I went and bought that album and when I put Ramble on for the first time, I I love the tone of that song, you know, like how those acoustic instruments are all just making this incredibly, uh, like just a really pulsing tune, you know. And I, I think acoustic instruments have a, a cool power in that sense where they can be really melodic, um, but they can also just be so drum-like and just move so much air when you hit them. Um, and I think all of that air just translates straight to just stirring some innate part in all of us that just makes us want to dance to a drum, you know? Um, and so, and I think that that song captures that beautifully where it's just this wonderfully melodic pulsing piece. And then, uh, obviously Robert Plant's singing is just out of this world and, and just makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck every time he hits a note. So, um yeah that was a proud day when i went to pick up that album wonderful yeah. i mean in, yeah. in regards to record stores were were they important places for you definitely yeah because i mean you know you'd walk in you can talk to the people behind the desk and listen to what they're playing on the speakers and um i think especially in those years um i was just just wanting as much music as possible you know yeah. and to hear as many songs as possible and and so yeah you walk into a record store and there's just all of this possibility you know and and it's really cool to think about how much depth is there it's almost like a little black hole you know you could go just get sucked into this record store and never come out and have an endless supply of music to listen to it's a it's a beautiful thing it's um and you know, to me, I think the older I get, the more I love just the whole concept of this really simple surface. And then you fall just slightly below that surface. And then you realize that it, there's just an endless depth there. Um, and some of my favorite records sound like that. And I think a record store definitely has that same thing where, you know, on the surface, it's just a bunch of cardboard and plastic, but then, you know, you start diving into each of those little pieces and there's a, a whole world there and a whole like perception shift, you know, from one, from the start of one record to the end of it, yeah. you can be a completely different person at the end of that and look at life in a completely new light. So, 
Um, a lot of beauty there. I hope record stores always are around because they're wonderful. Uh, are you are you someone that if you're you're, you're touring, you know, and you you, you get to a town, uh, if there's a record store, are you are you going in? Yeah, um, usually, you know, just because there's, I feel like record stores are very often um, just kind of at the heart of a music scene, you know, and so it's a good way to meet people and it's a good way to kind of see what folks in the area are really into, um, you know, and so it's because this is what we do, not only for a living, but, you know, are very passionate about, I think it's a good way to kind of get a feel for the town that you're, you're visiting, you know, is to go see the local record store. Definitely. Well, I'm going to move things on. Uh, and and sure. I want to talk about clubbing. Um, and I, I, I mean, I, you, you've, you've sent me your tracks over and there was a, a note with this one. <laughs> and I've got to say of the 320 episodes of this, this podcast I've done, I'd say 300 people have echoed what you said. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. So you're not alone. You wasn't the only guy that weren't out there raving, and uh, yeah. uh, and 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 so yeah. So I'm going to ask you about the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. But I should I should add this when I send these questions out that this can be hanging out in a dive bar. This can be a local rock club. This hasn't got to be glow sticks, shirt off, you know, hands oh, in the air, raving <laughs> to EDM. This, you know, the, the, yeah. this can be whatever felt like your kind of, you know, the, the, those years where you found your tribe and you, you go out and party together. And so it's, right. it's, it's more around that. Okay. Well then if that's the case, I might change my answer. Go for um, it. <laughs> um, no, I would say, um, the record blood on the tracks was uh, where I finally started. If we're talking about like being in bars and actually yeah. finding our people. Um, I was always a, an early Dylan fan because I love, um, I love the way Dylan plays guitar for one. He's a great guitar player. Um, especially when it comes time to carry a song, you know, I feel like mm. his playing always serves a song. Um, so when I told some friends of mine that I was starting to get to know here in town uh, in Chapel Hill where I live now um, that I was a Dylan fan. They said, well, dude, blood on the tracks. Right. And I was like, I've never listened to that record. What are you talking about? And so I can't believe how many moments you've had in your life where people are like, you've not heard ramble on. (laughs) You've not heard this. (laughs) Well, it's like, those are maybe, um, maybe those are just really formative moments for me. So they stick out. Absolutely. uh, Um, but it's, it is that thing. It's like once you discover a, a new track or a new artist, you know, it, it's life changing. Mm. And it, it makes, especially as a musician and a songwriter, it completely changes the way I think about yeah. music. Um, so uh, definitely those moments stick out to me. Um, but so they just went to the jukebox and put on Blood on the Tracks because obviously it was there because everybody else knows this record and I don't. Um, but yeah, we just sat there and we just drank beers and we just didn't talk for the entire length of this record. Um, and so from there, obviously, I went to the local record store and I bought the album uh, and went home with it. But there, that, uh, I just remember that that moment so clearly because, you know, Dylan, on a lot of the records I'd been listening to was more philosophical and like it was kind of like exploring you know the natural world a little bit more and and on blood on the tracks he was pretty vicious you know just like just baring his teeth and uh 
it was refreshing to hear and it kind of it tapped into a different like a meaner side of me too that uh that i don't entertain too often so it felt good it was almost like a release you know to to hear someone's anger uh just laid out so beautifully on a record yeah um it's so so, brilliant isn't it how how anger can come across and uh, through music and and be a you know somewhere where you can personally kind of let off steam or, or or feel you know channel that and use it to propel you or whatever and 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 i find that really interesting that you kick-started this chat by talking about metallica you know which is a band <laughs> that I, I still play metallica records at my venue to to the next generation of 18 year olds that still you know lose their shit to that lose their shit to rage against the machine and and Absolutely. you know this is 30 years later but then you can have something as on the surface of it something far more gentle like bob dylan but equally if not more wise angry you know yeah you know the the the, the, you know there's vitriol on the album like absolutely and uh, and that that fascinates me that it's not got to be heavy music comes in different forms it hasn't necessarily got to have a distortion pedal you know (laughs) True that. Yeah. And I, I think lyrics can be, uh, just so, so vicious, you know, and, and can, can really stir you. Um, but, you know, I think, I mean, society definitely puts a cap on our anger, you know, and, and won't really allow us to entertain that. And so, um, but it's still there and like, we have to get that out somehow and we have to feel those releases. And it's mm-hmm. a great thing that there are bands like Metallica and Pantera out there that put out these wonderfully aggressive records that we can all just, you know, just sweat to and like, and, and, you know, turn red in the face and get, get that anger out. But then also um, it's almost like with blood on the tracks, it's almost like a, it, it, it's less of that feeling of wanting to punch something and, and more of that feeling of, of just that brooding kind of, you know, sitting back, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know, drinking like a sinister drink, you know, with, uh, (laughs) with like really nice ice cubes, you know, and you're just like, just, just kind of stirring it around, looking at the world, uh, you know, just contemplating your move. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a, it's like the pre anger, you know? Yeah. Sitting um, there like Dr. Evil. Exactly. But it, yeah. Anger, anger comes in so many forms and, uh, you know, I think it is, it is awesome that, that it can also be translated so wonderfully on a, on a general record. Like you just said, that's, that's awesome. Absolutely. I'm going to take you home and, uh, for track six, uh, favorite song from an artist, uh, from your home County, hometown, wherever you want. Yeah. Um, I forget the song that I chose. It was a Phil Cook song. Juniper. Um, Juniper. Yes. Which which I'd never heard until today. And, oh, it's a beautiful track, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, Man, Phil, Phil has such a like a great explorative spirit um, on whatever instrument he's playing, and I and I've never talked to him about that track specifically, but it sounds like he was just riffing, and that that melody just kind of poked its way out, and then he was like, "Oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll just play it a few more times," yeah. you know, and um, and it has that sense of immediacy to it. Um, and I I don't know if it was written like right before he tracked it or if he had been holding on to that one for a while, but 
something about the recording of that track to me um it just it feels like you're hearing that song being birthed right then um yeah and i love that track it it's a great one for if i want to go for a run or just go for a little drive um or just waking up in the morning and having my first cup of coffee you know it's it's kind of it's kind of one of those uh, uh one size fits all tunes absolutely well, for the last track um you, you you get to play tastemaker and turn someone onto something yeah. new you can <laughs> you can bestow now your your um your ramble on moment and uh, and offer it to someone else now and uh, and i'm going to ask you for a song that many people may not know that you would like them to hear yeah it's a it's a song by antonio carlos jobim uh and i don't know how to say it. it's like bat batty dana or something i i don't know i'm not familiar but uh with how to say it but i can i can tell you that it is such a peaceful track that when you put it on um that whole album wave is uh it's a great a great album with all of these beautiful French horns, uh, you know, sections and some really beautiful string sections, some incredibly rhythmic and uh, expressive guitar parts. Um, but that track in particular, um, Batty, Batty Dinah, I have to look up how to say it, um, is there's like whole sections where the horns are basically just droning. And it's almost like he was playing with emptiness on the on the track, and so when you feel that, um, you know those those spots where you you think that the French horns are going to come in with this like wonderful melody, and then they don't. <laughs> it's almost like uh, it draws attention to the to the blank spaces in the song, and um, which I think nowadays is like you're saying like probably wouldn't happen that often, mm-hmm. you know, to where space is actually the uh is the goal is the achievement you know um but i think he he does it beautifully on this track and uh throughout the whole record but especially this one to where it it almost it almost suggests to your mind you know turn off for a second it's okay you're fine this is exactly where you're supposed to be right here right now listening to this music um and every time i put that album on um and it gets to that track. That's how I feel is that, you know, everything is as, you know, as it should be. And, um, you know, life's not terrible. So, <laughs> well, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast so people can go and check out all of these songs, um, oh, sweet. that we've spoken about today. Um, it would appear that the, the second half of this year is going to be a lot more positive than the first half and, and, and 2020, um, with yeah. that in mind, Andrew, what are you looking forward to most from, from this year personally and what's going to be happening professionally? Uh, just getting out and playing some shows, you know, finally, uh, doing a lot of festivals this summer and, um, not, not gearing up for a big tour until 2022 when hopefully things are even more back to normal. Um, but even just in the past two months, you know, going out and seeing people I haven't seen in, you know, 16 months and being able to give them a hug and like, not like not feeling weird about just being in someone else's presence. Um, it just feels great. And I think, um, you know, I mean, if, you know, with everybody that we lost this year and with, uh, just the way things went where every, everyone was so isolated, 
Um, I know for me personally, it was a really good reminder that, you know, the reason I do what I do, um, you know, part of it is for self-expression, but another part of it is the community of it and the people that I've gotten to know here and, and doing this. Um, and I don't think I would have pinpointed that, um, in 2019, I don't think I would have told you that my whole reason for doing this is community, but, um, I definitely see that now. And so now going out and, and seeing some of the people that I hadn't seen now for a while, um, that just, it just serves as such a reminder to be like, dude, what's up? This is exactly why I do this. So we can hang out and we can play music together or we can talk about records or we can just go get a cup of coffee and like figure, figure things out, you know? Um, so a lot of, a lot of that in my future and really looking forward to that. Wonderful. Wonderful. It's been an absolute pleasure talking records with you today. Um, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That's your lot. There you go. Finito. Kaput. That was Andrew of Watch House. Um, what a delightful uh, human being he was and what a lovely warm chat we had. And I'm recording this right after we finished that chat. And uh, and I can't tell you enough. Like When I've mentioned about artist playlists to go and explore, then them last two tracks... Uh, that, that Andrew chose are absolute beauties. I presume, I'm being presumptuous here, I presume the other tracks that we mentioned you probably were aware of. Um, but the last two, um, oh my God, go go check them out because they're uh, they're beautiful. Um, and, and obviously as well, you know, I'm again presuming you, you, you're all uh, up to speed on the, the musical output of Watch House. If you're not, oh gosh, I'm going to put some of that on the playlist as well. Go and have a listen. It'll break your heart. It's beautiful. Right, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, there's a Patreon available um, and there's all sorts of stuff, um, archives and merchandise and everything. And you can find out about it all at the website, which is off the beat and track podcast.com. I'm back next time. In the meantime, uh, yeah, look after each other. Be excellent. And uh, I'll see you next time. Much love. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, Stu Whipping. Eat a